Alrighty, everybody. Welcome back to Live from the Sticks Sports. I believe this is episode six. It's episode six. Yes, sir. Six now. Perfect. I'm your host, Stevie J, and I'm Gabe. And he is indeed, always has been, always will be Gabe. <laughs> so he said the one and only. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes. Sushki. Alrighty. So today we got, you know, another great episode. When do we not? And uh, we're just we're just going to hop right into it today. So the first thing I want to talk about, it's been it's actually been a topic for around like four ish weeks, a month. Um, But it's just I, I would like to see what someone who's not as big of a soccer fan thinks about it. And also just because the way that this story is breaking, the way it's breaking is weird. And also the way that it has to be run. Um. In the actual story itself, is they're just interesting. So as many of you may or may not know, most soccer teams are owned by somebody. They're, um, you know, th- there's an owner, just like NBA franchises, just like NFL franchises. There's owners, sports teams. It's just easier that way for sports if there's an actual owner. One person cut the checks, et cetera, et cetera. There are a couple teams that are owned um, – or that are publicly owned or things like that. Barcelona is one of those teams. They um, they actually vote on a club president. There's no owners that delegate uh, president. Um, and they're actually, I think they're traded publicly. Um, so it's just kind of, that's just background that you need to know. So basically, for those of you who do not know, Barcelona has been in financial shambles. And I'm talking like, billion in debt uh, shambles for probably eight, six, eight years now. They've been just increasing their debt more and more by the year. And there's a bunch of things that are supposed to prevent this financial fair play in soccer, which essentially just says you got to make more than you spend. Most sports have something along the same kind of lines. But this year, the league, the league kind of cracked down on them last year. Um, but they kind of got through it with a lot of BS, not BS, but a lot of very intricate accounting. (laughs) Um, And this year it sounds like they're trying to just alleviate a ton of the debt, but in kind of one, what would they call it? One foul swoop. Yeah. One fail swoop. One fail swoop. Okay. Um, So let me, let me just go ahead and read what the plan is. Now this was as of a while ago, but it's still along the same lines. So the club president, Joan Laporta, which he was just elected, I believe, in January, I think. Um, And he's saying that they're going to sell up to 50% of their retail operations, uh, which is called Barcelona Licensing and Merchandising, for about 200 to 300 million euros. Goodness gracious. And a minimum of 200 million dollars for each of the 10 percent of the la liga tv rights for the next 25 years so they want to plan on selling uh 25 percent of their tv rights so they're wanting to make another like 600 um 500 to 600 million euros in that and i'm just curious gabe from someone who's not you know into soccer i'll give you a little background an elite like the most expensive soccer player of all time i think as of right now was Neymar and I think he cost right at like 240 million euros or something but the average like world-class player in nowadays is like anywhere from 80 to 100 million euros all right right. that uh, like a bang average player is going to be around like 20 and then you know an elite-ish player is going to be 50 to 60 um just for kind of background so I'm just curious for someone that you know isn't fully invested into soccer what how how do you think do you think this is a good idea basically selling off you know your retail operation which realistically is where a lot of these clubs make their money and their tv rights deals well i just i'm curious what you feel about so barcelona is publicly traded right and yes i believe so and they're publicly owned i'm like 90 percent sure well my whole take on it is, is if they're publicly owned then who cares whether or not they actually make money and I think that's kind of the kind of the point to this is they're about trying to win championships. And if the best way for you as a club to win championships is to sell off some of your rev- revenue making sources, then I'm all for that because at the at the end of the day, I'm a fan. 
you know, yeah. I'm, I'm a fan of, you know, the teams that I root for and thinking about it from the fans perspective, like this might hurt their ability to spend money further down the road, but it yeah. keeps them competitive now. And yep, that's fair. from, you know, my own individual perspective on the franchises that I've rooted for, I would give almost anything for the Knicks and the Jets to be in playoff contention this year. <laughs> yeah, so, that's fair. And if you've got a chance to win a championship, I feel like you really need to go out, go after it now because you don't know when the next opportunity is going to rise. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean, oh, well, we need to just you know put all of our chips in on this year. That's not necessarily what I'm saying because mm. to me, it sounds like they're trying to they're they're trying to meet the needs of the rules of um of I guess it's FIFA would be the ones that are yep. uh, enforcing these uh, these guidelines on the La Liga. So for me, I, I like it, but at the same time, you do need to protect the financial interest of the future. But when you're talking about 10% of the rights for 25 years or 25% of the rights over the next 25 years, you still, mm-hmm. you're still going to get the majority of the TV money. And I really think that the money's going to come from TV in the future versus merchandise in the future. That, that's just me. That's, I, that's I think the money's true. coming from the TV uh, in, in the future, that is. So that's yeah, that's true. I I think it's I think it's a solid deal. I I understand where they're coming from. Um, mm-hmm. This is just as a complete outsider's perspective. But I obviously yeah. obviously know that Barcelona competes for championships. So exactly that's what they're yeah. trying to do. They're they're gonna they're they're gonna try to you know go get world class players and use the financial freedom that they've created for themselves and go for it. I'm I'm all for it. What's there your you opinion? Go. What's your opinion? Now, of it? okay. So I'll let me add a little more context. So basically. Part of, part of the reason they ended up selling off this much was because there were a couple of players that I think there were two that they wanted to sign on a free and then two that they wanted to spend money on. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've signed all the players, but the issue is until they get all of this fully wrapped up, they can't actually, I'm trying to remember the word, I think it's register. They can't actually register the players mm-hmm. until the accounting job has been finished. Um, okay. That's just a lot legal rule. Now, what I kind of want to, you know, throw out there, because basically every single day I listen to ESPN soccer podcast, ESPN FC, um, and they were saying that they made an interesting point that, which I kind of always knew, but I didn't really think about it, that the whole point of this is, you know, after 25-ish years that they get their rights back or they buy them back quicker than that. Now, my only... My only thing with that is, I mean, I kind of like you were saying, I, I guess it depends on uh, Barcelona are trying to remain stable right now and clear out all their debt as quick as they can. I get that. But my thing is for 25 years, they basically locked themselves in for 25 years as to losing 25% of their TV revenue. Right. Um, and my only issue with that is, you know, people are just saying, oh, well, they can just buy it back and buy out the contract. But I'm sure there's something in the contract that states that, you know, you can't, you're going to have to buy it at the inflated price. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's, I don't know. As, as a fan, I was curious to see an outsider's perspective. And the championship thought was one that, it, I mean, it makes sense. If you're trying to win a championship immediately, it makes sense. Even for, you know, the next three years. Because the, the way, you know, any sport works is typically you don't go, I mean, there are some teams that do it. The Rams did it last year, but typically right. you don't go all in on just one year. Right. You go all in for the span of like three years, you know? Right. That's the um, more rational approach to take. Exactly. And that's kind of what it seems like. I, I, I don't know. This is just such a weird topic. The fact that they're so far in debt that they have to, they have to sell portions of their club that I didn't even realize you could sell portions of, I guess is what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to say. It's, it's almost it's just like an they, interesting deal. Yeah, it's almost like they just kind of allowed somebody to buy into their company, so to speak. Exactly. It's it's it, it's odd. I just wanted to see. It's a very it's a very interesting scenario. I'll, I got to give you credit, Stephen. This is one of those scenarios where it's like chances are there's not going to be a whole lot of people talking about this. Maybe maybe yeah. maybe everyone's talking about it, but you know this is the type of thing that I I really I really enjoy. You know, hearing about stories like this and the different aspects of you know, the pros and cons of a business deal like this. This is very interesting stuff. Well, I appreciate that. I I just, 
I thought it was very complex. And I guess my thought was, well, why don't they just do a share split or open up more shares publicly? Or And I guess that's probably due to the well, fact that then all the share price, prices yeah, would dip down. So right. it, I don't know. It, it was just, it's just fascinating. Fascinating. That's, that's what I'll say. Um, I think we've kind of covered this topic. It's just one that, you know, if y'all want to look into, we'll probably keep tabs on just because I'm curious how it ends up ending for the end of the season. 100%. Um, but yeah, so our next topic is probably the biggest topic in baseball, right? It is the biggest yeah, topic, it, in, baseball the right topic in baseball right um, And that's the Juan Soto situation. So I'm going to let you take over for sure. this one. So for those of you who are not aware who Juan Soto is, he's a young player in Major League Baseball. I think he's about 23, 24 years old. He plays for the Washington Nationals. He's an outfielder and he bats left-handed. And he actually won the home run derby uh, Monday night, or was it Tuesday? I'm not sure. They had the home run derby Monday or Tuesday night. Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday night. And he actually ended up beating a Julio Rodriguez, who after after uh, Pete Alonso was eliminated by um, Julio Rodriguez, everyone thought that Julio Rodriguez was going to win. I mean, if you placed a bet on Juan Soto to win the home run derby, you became a very, very rich person. Dude, because I, he's not was... a favorite to win. No, that was the most ridiculous. I, I felt bad for Julio. How do you hit 30, 30, and then – I mean, you, he, I, I know how you hit. He, he still hit well. It's just like – Yeah. Damn. Yeah. But anyways, would, continue. So, anyway, uh, Juan Soto is in, was in contract negotiations with the Washington Nationals. Um, he, you know, was uh, – he, he was an uh, international signee by the Nationals, I think, when he was 16, maybe 17 or 18 years old. Um, that, that in and of itself is a rabbit hole. We're not going to go down how that, how yeah. all that works. But anyway, he's been with the, he's been with the club for a long time and he did make it known that he would like to be with the nationals long-term if they were willing to give him a contract that he thought was worth it. And all the reports that have come out is the nationals final offer that they gave him now they still have club control over him. So it's not like he's, he could just walk out the door at the end of the season. They, they okay, have club control over him for the next two or three years. I think it's three or four. Actually. Still, so how does that work? He still stays in arbitration, right? Yeah. Is yeah. He'd be in arbitration. arbitration. Yeah. He'd be in arbitration for the next two or three years. So anyway, the nationals have control over his destiny right now. Let's not get it twisted. Now. Sure. <laughs> he could try to sit out and all that and make a big old mess, but baseball is that a, kind of player. Well, no, and most baseball play. players aren't that way because baseball is one of the sports where if you take time off, you're going to get passed because mm -hmm. it's a it's a game of repetition, a yep. rhythm. You, they're, they're creatures of habit. Like base, It's very hard for baseball players to take a bunch of time off, come back just as good. Anyway, uh, so the Nationals offered Juan Soto a 15-year contract worth $440 million. That is a lot of money. It is a ton of dope. I mean, like this guy. This guy looked at the Nationals, and then and then he and then he looks at the Nationals, and he says, "I'm good. I know. That's I don't. I don't want it." And you know, and 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 to the to the average baseball fan, it's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> but then when when you dig a little bit deeper and you realize what what that entailed, the Nationals said, "Hey, Juan." We think that you're worth $29.33 million a season over the course of basically your prime. I mean, well, he'd be going, his whole, yeah, his, his whole career. Because he's, but, what, 23 I mean, right now? 23, so he'd be 38 by the time that the contract was over. Yeah. And I get it, $29.33 million on an average annual value is a lot of money. But if you look at what Manny Machado makes – he he signed a ten year contract worth three hundred million dollars. He makes thirty million dollars a year. Yep. And there's not a single baseball fan alive that's going to say Manny Machado is a better baseball player than Juan Soto. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. So, from that perspective, I understand why he turned him down. And on top of it, if you really want to win, you're probably not going to win a championship with the Nationals for at least in the next handful of years. So, I understand it from that perspective why you would turn him down if you know winning is important to you. I mean, the nationals won the world series in 2020, but outside of that, they didn't make the playoffs for a hand. Well, they might've made the playoffs 
a couple years before then. Yeah. Because they had some decent players. Yeah. They they were in contention. Yeah. Yeah. They were in contention. But if you look pre Harper, the organization was in shambles. It was like Ryan Zimmerman, and that was it. You know, for the longest time, it was like Ryan Zimmerman, that's it. They drafted Harper, they drafted Strasburg, they were good for a while, and now they're kind of turning over a new leaf. They're rebuilding right now. So a lot of the at bats that he's that he's had this year, the games he's been playing, they haven't mattered. And from my own personal experience, when you're playing on a team that's not very good, and you feel like you know you don't want to give away at bats or you don't want to give away opportunities to play, it's just very disheartening to know that there's nothing you can do to change the outcome of the game, day in day out. Yeah, I. Oh, I oh. So for me, I. So once he decided that once 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 Juan Sutter decided he wasn't going to sign the contract, the Nationals said, "Okay, all the other teams were open for business. Put in your best offer, and <laughs> we're going to trade him." They they pretty much said, "We're trading him." Yep. So we're at a point now where the Nationals are talking to everybody and their brother about wanting Juan Soto. Now, from I want to get Steven's perspective on this. Do you think that there's a singular team? that's a favorite to get him or do you think it's going to be just a group of teams and then the nationals are just going to sell them to, you know, one of those handful of teams like who, who, who are you thinking has got the best chance to, to snag him? This, okay. So this is kind of going to go into one of our, I'm just going to go ahead and throw in the other conversation too, because it's a very similar situation. Basically sure. Otani is in a very similar not, not the exact same because they haven't offered him anything, but right. in a similar situation to where they're both arguably – Otani's a generational talent. I mean, he's yes. absolutely absurd. But Juan Soto, some people would argue, is a generational talent as well. Yeah. Um, and they're both probably going to get contracts that are going to underpay them or the Angels might just not be able to pay Otani. Um so I think in both cases, there I think it's just going to be a pure bidding. I would be shocked if there's just going to be one team for either of them that's going yeah. to work out. Yeah. Purely based off the fact that to get a guy like a Juan Soto or an Otani, mm-hmm. I mean, if, if I'm the Nationals, for example, for Juan Soto, I'm going to want at least, you know, three of the five best prospects in mm-hmm. your farm system. Yeah. I'm going to want – probably two or three first round draft picks, if not, if not four. And then I'm <laughs> going to also want, you know, two second rounds and then, you know, maybe one of your relief pitchers or something like that right, right. now. And yeah. same for, well, Otani's even more, but it's going to be one of these. Uh, I hope for both of their sake, they don't end up at, you know, the Orioles or the A's or somewhere like that. But those are, in my head that I can think of right now, I guess the Rockies might be able to – the Rockies wouldn't be a bad – what what position does Juan Soto – he's it's as left he's field. A, yeah, he's he's a corner outfielder, but to me, if he plays right field at all, which I don't recall he's ever played right field, but I, I would put him in left field. He's not a great defender. His value comes with this bat. His okay. value comes with this bat. So let me, let me ask you this. Who does – who who is the left fielder for the Rockies? Uh, some nobody, and that's that's okay. no disrespect to whoever it is. It's just it's not in, in comparison. Yes, it, yeah, in comparison, it you know you're blowing them out of the water. Yeah. Um. So I guess in in that case, of the teams that you know, just off the top of my head, I would prob I it would be cool to see him at the Rockies because then you get to because I kind of. I don't feel bad for Chris Bryant because he's getting paid an absolute <laughs> bag. But it, it would be – I hate when it's superstars on their own. And that's essentially – you know, Otani's in a different situation because the A's should – or the A's. The Angels should be better than they are. Yeah. But, I mean, the Nationals, it's it's Soto. And is there anyone else on the Nationals I can think of right now? I mean, Patrick Corbin, but he hasn't pitched well. They, they literally sold off everybody else that – was a part of the championship run in 2020. So, exactly. so really, no. Like, there's not really, say, it's, it's Juan Soto, and that's it. That's it yeah. Too. So it, it's one of those where, and that's uh, again, that's no disrespect to the guys that play for the Washington Nationals. It's just that's the reality of the situation. Yep. Apparently, if you look up Juan Soto right now, the top team that's in contention for him 
is currently the Mets, which I'm I don't exactly see that. sure I don't how see that. because I don't, I don't understand that. how that payroll works. Well, because the, um, so the, the, they have the highest payroll in baseball. Yeah, so. the, the, the payroll aspect of it that's a non that's a non issue for Steve Cohen. Steve Cohen has made it very clear he doesn't care about luxury tax. He doesn't care about whatever it costs. He wants to put a winner together. So that's not that's not why I think it's unrealistic. The reason why I think it's unrealistic is. The Nationals aren't going to trade him within the National League East. I'm sorry, that's not happening. They're oh, too smart for that. They're too smart for that. You do you well, really ah, want? Do you really want to give the the Mets, who you're going to have to play 18 times 18 times a season for the, the rest of his career? Do you really do you really want to do that? No, you don't <laughs> want to do that. So yeah. to me, I, I understand where the writers are coming from. Like mm-hmm. the Mets are the they're going to be the type of franchise that's going to be in on everybody, but. Yeah. You know, it's, it takes you know, two to tango, and if I was the Nationals, I wouldn't do it. Oh, I I 100% agree. Um, but I don't I don't know where where do you see him going? Right. Because I, there's three teams, four teams that I really think is really realistic. I didn't okay. think about the Colorado Rockies, and I think that's a good thought, but I'm not sure if the owner of the Rockies is going to be willing to to one give up the cheap assets. And two, be willing to give a player that massive contract when he didn't pay Nolan Arenado. I mean, oh, yeah, that's, that's like that's one of those things where the, the I was Rockies paid Chris Bryant. Yeah, they paid Chris Bryant, but they don't pay Arenado. It doesn't make any sense to me. That's one of mm-hmm. the things I hate about modern day baseball. Anyway, <laughs> off topic. Uh, but my my the team that I think if they're not all in on him, they're doing their franchise a disservice. Is the Boston Red Sox? Okay, they're. Ooh. I think that they actually can win this season. Now, whether I don't think they can catch the Yankees necessarily, but just listen, just hear me out for a minute. It's not that bad. If they take, if they take their top prospect, that's a shortstop. Yep. Uh, Mar Marcelo Mayer. Okay. Pair him with Tristan Casse or Cass Cassis, okay. who's a first baseman. So these two guys, Cassis is in rookie ball right now as a 22 year old, which is not a great sign. But he's six foot four, weighs two hundred fifty fifty pounds, and he can hit the ball out of Yellowstone. Okay, this guy's got light tower power. Okay, this guy can hit. And then Mayer's a shortstop who's an A ball. I just keep thinking about that. So there's a lot of projection there. But the Nationals, it's going to take them a while before they can be competitive. You take those, yeah. You take those two guys, and then maybe like they're not going to give up Blaze Jordan, but maybe they would give up like. Brandon Walter, who's a 25-year-old pitcher that's in AAA, who's not, like, the most projectable guy, mm-hmm. but I think he could be, like, a solid two, solid three starter in the big leagues if you okay. gave him a chance. I mean, he's he's running a 3.5 earn run average right now. So and, Can't be much worse than Charlie Morton. No, he's not going to be worse <laughs> than Charlie Morton, I don't think. I'm sorry. But sorry, you could bro. take those three guys and then potentially package them with – See, and this is the tricky part with the Red Sox, right? It's like Mm -hmm. they're one of these teams where they always run like a solid payroll, but then you're going to have to turn around and you're going to have to give Juan Soto a big fat bag. So, what what do you think he deserves? Just out of curiosity. So, Mike Trout. I think he deserves 40 million a year. I I think he deserves 40 million a year. Like, if I was Soto, I would sign less than that. I think he gets about 40 million a year. To me, like, the the way it's always worked in professional sports is if you're a player that's in the same conversation, you've got to one up the, the high, the guy that's in yep. your class. Cause if you don't, you're doing your fellow players a disservice mm-hmm. because it's all about trying to maximize your value. Number one. And number two, it's also about trying to maximize your brethren's value. So, you know, they don't, they, they do it for selfish reasons, obviously, but they're also, there's a sense that they're also doing it for their, for their fellow ball players. So back to the task at hand. I said uh, Marcelo Mayer, Tristan Cass Cassis, and like a Brandon Walter, maybe a Brian Mata. Just pick your uh, top 10 uh, pitcher prospect from the Red Sox farm system. And, you know, I'd be willing to go more, but I don't think they would be willing to do that. No. Take all those guys and then package them with just, just hear me out here for a second. Okay. Package him with Alex Verdugo and maybe like, uh, I don't know, maybe like a Kevin Plawecki if they're interested in that. Or maybe like, obviously you're not going to go with any of their big time players, but, you know, 
Verdugo would have to be in this deal if, if yeah. I was the Nationals because he's a solid left-handed bat that can play center field that your fan base is going to be okay with because you know you're going to get at least like a two-and-a-half, three-war player back for Juan Soto, who's a perennial MVP candidate. Yeah. So even if none of the prospects pan out, you're only getting screwed by four wins, wins above replacement annually. And you're cutting salary because Verdugo is never going to command $40 million a year. That's very true. So if it was me That's and I was the Red true. Sox, I would pair Verdugo along with those three prospects. And I'd even be willing to go with uh, Brian Mata. I'd, I'd go Brian Mata and Brandon Walter just because you're looking at acquiring a player that is like a once – like there, there's like five players right now that I would put in the, this kind of conversation, and so does one of them. So – yeah, that's just me. If I was the Red Sox, that's that's who I'd go after. If I was the Yankees, the, the Yankees are in. Uh, they're always going to be rumored to be in oh, on yeah. every single big time uh, player. That's what I was surprised I didn't see when I looked it up that it didn't say Yankees immediately. Like, but yeah. realistically, I I love Juan Soto and I love the idea of him wearing pinstripes and I love mm-hmm. the idea of him hitting to that short porch. But if the price is Anthony Velope, Oswaldo Peraza, and Jason Dominguez, I'm sorry. I do not want to do that. Which it would be. It would be. I mean, and, and rightfully so. Exactly. Rightfully so. If I was the Nationals, that's what I would want. That would be like the starting point is those three yeah. guys. And I don't feel comfortable with that because Peraza could make the big leagues this year, next year. Velope could be coming up the year after. Both those guys play shortstop. And uh, Isaiah kiner falefa He's hitting the road, okay? The guy is not a good shortstop. These <laughs> people that think that he is a good shortstop are off their rocker. He can't hit. He makes errors, and he's just not good. He's not good, okay? I'm sorry. I, I want to keep both of those two shortstops because then we play one of them at short, the other one at second, and I don't know what you do with Glaber Torres. I don't care. But the point is, is I want to give both of those guys a shot in pinstripes. And Jason Dominguez – He's just as talented as any player in the major leagues right now. He just needs to develop a little bit. He's only 19 years old. He's a switch yeah. hitter. You know, he he can hit a baseball. He can hit a baseball 450 feet, barely swinging. Like he could he could have been in contention for that home run derby. So Tuesday. <laughs> so, yeah. So anyway, so I don't want the, as a Yankee fan, I don't want to give up that kind of prospect revenue. Mm-hmm. But. The Dodgers, obviously, they're going to be in on anybody because they yeah. have unlimited funds like the Mets. And realistically, that kind of makes sense because they could ship Soto to the West Coast where they would hardly ever have to play him. And chances are when they are trying to contend, the Dodgers roster is going to be old and they're not going to have to worry about um, potentially Soto coming in and wrecking their chance at the playoffs because they're going to have all these big-time contracts that are going to come to roost. So, yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's how I see it. I I really think the Red Sox need to push all their chips in and, and go after him. That's yeah. I I think, and this is always going to be, you know, the big argument in sports, especially for these top players is at what, because at the end of the day, these top players have to look out for themselves and if they should be earning, which one Soto should be in Otani, we'll expand upon him after we finish with Juan Soto. Um, you know, they both should be at least $40 million players, arguably both of them a little more. Um, but I guess my question is going to be, okay. So let me rephrase. Both of them are also going to have at least three suitors. It's just, it's impossible. They're not going to, they're both player generational type players that, you know, you only get once every five, six years to actually come out. Um, so I guess the the big argument and the big issue is always, okay, at what point do they sacrifice, you know, the huge contract for winning championships? Because I know me personally, I would, you know, get my first contract, whatever that rookie deal is. And then I would we want to get, you know, a fat, if let's say I'm in the MLB, you know, a fat eight to 10 year, just huge contract with a solid team. Like, you know, personally, I could see, even though the Rockies aren't that great, you know, they if they made some moves and you talk to ownership and they promised you some moves, a team like the Rockies-ish, and then those last, you know, at that point, I'm only 31, then I get another solid contract, but I wouldn't have to make it a huge one, and then I just chase championships. Um, Makes sense. 
but it I guess it it's going to come down to and it always does with these big players is one Soto a wins guy or is he I just want 100% of my bag guy so yeah. it'll be it'll be interesting because I think for personally I think for Otani he he wants to win yeah, yeah. end of story I don't yeah. think I, he's he always has struck me as a guy where he doesn't care if he's making 15 million dollars a year which would be criminally underpaying yeah. him yeah. um but if he is allowed to play you know how he wants which is a dh and a pitcher then he would be happy if he can go to a contender so it's i don't know if, if you had to bet your money today realistic option not where you want to see him realistic option where do you think he's going to go because well, i can i can honestly say i don't know if we're saying that otani's going to leave that's what we're saying. Otani's going to leave. I personally saying, don't. I want to say Soto and Otani. Okay. I don't okay. think Otani. I think the the Angels. I keep saying the A's because yeah. the Lugos yeah. is yeah. Yeah. But I think the Angels are going to have to figure out a way to keep him because yes. they're going to have no fans if not. Yeah. <laughs> but, That's a fact. <laughs> um, but yes, more more Soto. Realistic option. What do you think? I think the most realistic option for Juan Soto. Uh, it's, it's got to be the Red Sox. It's got to be the Red Sox for me. I, I really do think <laughs> it's the Red Sox. I, I just got this nasty feeling inside. This, it's it's just one of those things where they've got prospect revenue. They've yep. got the ability to shell out that big contract if they want to. And J.D. Martinez is only on the books for, I think, one or two more seasons. So he could the, – the money they're paying J.D., is going to help offset Soto's contract of, of when they when it gets to that point. I I just got this nasty feeling it's going to be the Red Sox. I really do, and I could be dead wrong. They may not even make a call. But if I was <laughs> the Red be, Sox, I'd be if I was the Red Sox, I'd be ringing their phone off the hook, saying, "What do you want? We need to do something because the Yankees are on fire right now, and that mm-hmm. is not good. If you want to try to sign free agents, then you're the Red Sox. Yeah, that's not that's, good. That's that's very true." So, that, so yeah. that, that'll be an interesting one as we watch it develop. Otani, we kind of already covered all that. So we'll count both of those as covered. So the, the next topic is, this is a shorter one. but It's very interesting, though. I, uh, I really dug into the weeds on this one here, bud. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, all right, well, that, good. Okay, so the next one is, it's another soccer topic. I know we went out of order. I screwed up. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but... So there's a player named Raheem Sterling, and if you haven't looked him up, he's got a great story as to, you know, how he became a soccer player. The man used to have to hop on a bus with his sister for two hours at the, every single day while he was a kid to go to training, two hours there, two hours back. I mean, it's just a great story. Uh, mom used to work two or three jobs, 16 hours, and now she's – it's sad that someone has to do that to get their son to the point he is now, but now their entire family and generation is never going to ever have to worry about money ever again, so – for them he's a good good overall guy and a good story now my question is (laughs) so he the first big team he signed for was he signed for a team called qpr but i'm not going to count them because he was just in their academy and then he ended up going to his first big team um which was liverpool right which is in the premier league for those who don't know he went from liverpool to man city it was kind of you know a lot of liverpool fans were pretty pissed off I would um, exactly pretty pissed off because that's another English Premier League team, but they're not necessarily rivals. Um, they are always rivaling each other for the title, at least right now, but they're not necessarily like Manchester United and Liverpool. Those two are rivals or Liverpool and Everton. Those are rivals. Yeah. Um, and for an example, it would be like the Yankees and the Mets. Like they're not yeah. there. Right. <laughs> so um, it would be closer to like, It'd be like the Dodgers and the Braves. Like, okay, all right, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. there's a little bit of you get aggravated when the Dodgers exactly. get a good player, but it's you know exactly. not to the end of the world type. Exactly, people. like yeah, they okay. they've had some scenarios where they're neck and neck, but they're not actually rivals. It's just more yeah. like oh, it's always yeah. them kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So this year, the coach of Manchester City, he's always known to be, he's always been like this for all the teams he's coached. He's always been very much. I sign you when I sign you. I sign you because. You work for my system. If it ever comes to the point where you don't like my system or you feel like you're not getting enough playing time, you're not enjoying yourself, 
no hard feelings, but there's the door. That's, he's, yeah. he's always been like that, which I honestly kind of appreciate because it there's too many teams that will just hold on to these world-class players and they never get to see the field and it's just aggravating. Mm-hmm. Um, this coach, he's never been one like that. He's like, you know, if you don't want to be here, I get it. That's fine. I've signed somebody better than you that works better for the system. Get out. So Raheem, the player's name is Raheem Sterling, if I didn't say it already. I think I did. But he um, – he always was playing, but this past year, he was kind of more on and off, not as consistent as previous seasons. So he wanted to move, and he ended up moving to Chelsea, um, which I guess if you were to look from Manchester City to Chelsea, they're once again similar to Liverpool, okay. yeah. where none of those three are technically rivals, but they're all, all three. Exactly. They're all contending for the title every single year. Yeah. So it would be, you know, if we're saying Braves – Dodgers this other one would be like the Red Sox kind of thing sure. so it's just yeah. it's it's those three where they're all they're three big teams which the Braves technically aren't a big team but they're contenders they're contenders. exactly they're, they're all contenders it it would be like those three fighting for each other um so I'm, I'm just curious how do you feel as a fan and then I'll ask another question in a second how do you feel as a fan about a player jumping from big team to big team like this in the same league that are always contending for championships would you rather the players stay for one team and they just figure it out or would you rather you know what just whatever works for you so for me i i i like this i see both sides of this you know Mm -hmm. the player wants to be happy and if the player's not happy and he thinks the only way for him to be happy is to play on a different team then I completely understand. However, with that being said, there is something to be said for signing a contract to play for this team for X amount of dollars. That is a signal to the fans of that team. I am with you and I'm going to see this thing through. Mm -hmm. And the, the way things go down in professional sports nowadays is the contracts aren't worth the paper they're printed on. It's yes. You know, if a guy wants to get out of a contract, he can get out of a contract. It's not the end of the world. And, you know, I understand it from the team's perspective. It's like, if the player's not happy, he's not going to play well. And if he doesn't play well, chances are he's not going to be worth the contract that you're paying him. So let's get rid of him. Or, you know, let's make sure that we can move him or how, however this type of stuff goes down, you know? Yep. With that being said, he's, I wouldn't put him on the, the same level as like you know what Juan Soto or Mike Trout is for making no, baseball. No, he's not. He, he's not there. He's a big player, but, but he's, he's he's closer to like a he's closer to like an Aussie. If yeah. that makes sense. He's, like he's, a, he's in he's an, an elite player. tier. He's got yeah. you know some very good years, but he's not. He's never going to be in the top award in base or in soccer MVP, is the yeah. Ballon d'Or. Yeah. He's never in that conversation. Yeah. You know, he's, he's not going to be there. Well, but, just looking at looking at his stats. And I've seen I've seen some highlights of this guy. Mm-hmm. He is nasty. He is nasty. <laughs> he <laughs> I mean, can play, man. He, yeah, dude, dude can ball. Dude yeah. can really ball. And he's he's a nice guy. Everyone always says he's a nice guy. It's just, I I guess I'm kind of like you, where it as a fan, even I'm not a fan of any of those three teams. Right. I'm, for English Premier League, I'm a Manchester United fan, but okay. I just think it's I just think it's a bad look on the league and sports overall. I'm not sure how to fix it really but i feel like if you sign a five-year contract you should be trying for five years but also i totally understand you know if last if he's been playing 40 games a season every season and then last season he plays 23 it's yeah. like hold on wait a minute i that's can go problem. to this other team that's also going to be contending yeah. that wants me to play 40 games a season so it's i don't know it's it's interesting I, it's We've got a lot of just topics today that are like, which are kind of the more fun ones. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, but I guess, okay, so we've kind of covered from a fan's perspective. If you were a player and you signed, you know, I think is at every single club he signed five years. And I think at Manchester City, he actually stayed five years and he signed an extension. Because um, I think he's been there like seven. He's been there a while. Um, and he's still so young, which is crazy. He just started really, really young. Yeah. Um. But if you were a player and you signed a five-year contract and you go into contract year three and mm-hmm. you realize, hmm, or contract year four, let's say, so you've already done three years. 
your third on your third year you know you got about half as much playing time you were still playing well well enough to where other big teams want you but you just weren't getting the playing time are you going to try to stick through into that fourth season and that fifth season or are you just going to say you know what i'm just going to go to a big team where i can get the immediate playing time uh the inner competitor in me would want to beat out whoever it was that was in front of me that yep. was getting the playing time and I would want to sit and I'm sure this happened, you know, I'd want to sit down with the manager, you know, and I would want to ask him like, okay, what's your thought process for not wanting to play me? I mean, you know, if you feel like I'm not a good system fit and that you don't feel obligated to build the system around me, then what can I do to make myself a good system fit? I would basically, I would do everything in my power to make it work. And if things just could absolutely not work for whatever reason, then yeah, I I'm not gonna say that I wouldn't ever ask for a trade mm-hmm. or a transfer. I mean, that's what they call it in in, in soccer is, is, yep. is a transfer. So you know I, I I would say that I would try to do everything in my power to want to be the best team player I could be and help the team I was on win a championship. But at the end of the day, if things just were not gonna work out, even though I did everything in my power to try to make it work, yeah, I probably could ask for a trade. You know, and I, and I see it, I see why, I mean, you do it for wanting to win. You also do it for financial reasons. I mean, if you're not playing, you're not going to get another contract. So I I completely get it. Exactly. That's, I think I'd probably be in the exact same boat where it's, it's one of those that I would just have to have the heart to heart And this manager that on Manchester city, before he switched to Chelsea, he's very much known for, you know, he'll sit down and talk to all his players, especially the ones he really likes, which he always has really said that he really likes Sterling. Mm. Um, I think, I think I'd have to sit down and, you know, have the, my dad calls him come to Jesus talks, but, um, <laughs> the come to Jesus talk and basically like, look, man, I want to continue playing here. I want to do this. If I try my heart, is it even a possibility? Because there's sometimes where no matter how hard you work and no matter, you know, how well you're playing, you're just not going to get more playing time than the next guy. Even if you're better, even, I don't care what people say a hundred percent, not it's not guaranteed that even though you're better than the guy starting, that you're going to be the starter. Just it's sometimes true. it just doesn't work. It's true. Um, I can never quite understand why on sports teams that they do that. Sometimes I get it. It's for, you know, team cohesion and stuff, but at the end of the day, great players can play wherever. So I, I'd never get it. Um, but I, I think I would be the exact same way where I would try to stick it through. If it's not going to work, you know, it's, it's time for a trade. I will say, I respect Raheem enough that I respect Raheem to the fact that he never went to a direct rival. Right. Like if, if he went from Manchester city to Manchester United, that's a rival of Manchester city and Liverpool. Yeah. yeah. That would have been just like, really, man, come on now. <laughs> like it's and at the end of the day, I get it. It's business. So, you know, you can't in his eyes, you know, it's, it's his livelihood. Yeah. So I get it. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, I have a little respect with the team that, you know, puts you on professionally. Um, Definitely. And team that help you grow. So, I don't know. I just thought that that would be an interesting topic to get an interesting perspective from. So, I, I know we, we coming into our last topic, and I'm, I'm curious to see what you want to talk um, talk about in this one. So, go, go ahead and go. Kyler Murray signed a massive five-year contract extension with the Arizona Cardinals. And there's not a quarterback in the league that couldn't just be sitting back in their chair, clapping away, smoking their big fat cigars, knowing that they're going to get that big payday coming next. Next (laughs) man up. I love it when these quarterbacks get paid because you always have the naysayers that say, oh, he's not worth the money that they're paying him. Folks, let me tell you something. If you're a good quarterback in the NFL, if you're a top 15 quarterback in the NFL, you're worth whatever they give you. Yep. Okay. <laughs> you <laughs> know, you're worth it because it's a quarterback driven league. And Kyler Murray is, he's one of the top 15. Yep. You know, like him or not, like the fact Dude, that he plays in the air raid, he, he's that guy. Exactly. And to be honest with you, I'm surprised that he didn't get more guaranteed money, to be completely honest. I, I 100% agree because I think his contract was what? It was 240 mil. I know it was, it was like $240 million. Um, with 160 yes. million guaranteed. Yeah, 160 million dollars guaranteed. I, mean, I was shocked that I wasn't expecting him to get a Deshaun Watson because I still don't know why the Browns even gave that to him. I mean, yeah, how right. stupid yeah. can they be? He should have gotten the least amount of guaranteed money. Just it's Deshaun Watson. 
just for, because you know Kyler Murray's personal. playing this year. Yeah. Well, exactly because of his personal issues. I mean, I don't understand how he. I, whatever. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it's. I, I was I was kind of shocked he didn't get more guaranteed. Personally, it's one of those where, when I saw the amount, when I saw the dollar amount for Kyler Murray, I was like, okay. Half of me said, yeah, makes sense. Forty-five million dollars. You know, second bait second best paid quarterback in the league. All the ones that all the quarterbacks that I think are better either haven't had have been on, you know, a semi long-term contract or they just renegotiated. So because of that, it's always whoever has the newest contract is always going to have one of the better yep. contracts. That's yep. just how it works. That's, how, that's the nature which, of it. Which is what you were saying. Yeah. Um, but I think it's the other side of me kind of thought, wow, the, the Cardinals are really just, going all in i think my dad and i were talking that we wouldn't be shocked if and i love the way kyler plays so don't say this but i wouldn't be shocked if in two years he becomes an aaron Rodgers, where every little thing is a diva moment um i hope it doesn't happen because i hate when quarterbacks especially become divas yeah um but i would not be shocked if it happens that way and i was a little shocked that the cardinals gave him that number because I think he probably would have signed for 40, but I, I bet they offered him like 30, 35. And he said, Nope, I want more. And they said, screw it 45, just to, so he would get pen to paper and they didn't have to worry about going in a free agency. They didn't have to worry about going, you know, doing anything. They could just get their guy and be done. So a little gold nugget for those of you who are not aware, um, the general manager ever since uh, 2013 for the Arizona Cardinals is mm-hmm. Steve Kime. And, for you NC State fans out there and grads, Steve Kime played uh, offensive guard at NC State and was all-conference. And to be honest with you, Steve Kime has not been a great NFL general manager. Let's not <laughs> it. The man has made mistakes. But he's been in, he's been in the NFL for, you know, 20 years. I think he's been in the NFL since 1995, 96. Uh, he, he worked his way up in the Cardinal organization. And – Throughout the time that he's been with the Cardinals, I think they've had Kurt Warner and Carson Palmer. Outside of that, I I, I might be forgetting somebody. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's pretty much been it. I was going to say, I can't think of – because Carson Palmer was their quarterback forever. Yeah, Carson Palmer and Kurt Warner. And, like, those have been, like, the guys. Yep. I mean, Kime was there when they drafted Matt Leiner. That didn't work out. They drafted jo- – he drafted Josh Rosen. That didn't work out. Oh, gosh. I forget. Oh, but person. they – I mean, they hired Cliff Kingsbury, and Cliff had been wanting Kyler for ever since the beginning of time. I mean, he recruited him out of, out of high school. Kyler ended up going to Oklahoma, played for Lincoln Riley. That was all she wrote there. But <laughs> he wanted, he wanted uh, Kyler Murray, and I knew there was no shot in the world that Cliff Kingsbury was going to let Steve Kime mess it up. Yep. Like they were gonna keep Kyler Murray. It did not matter. Yeah, when when Kyler, this was I think three ish months ago when his it was either him or his agent. I think his agent said it was him. It was like from the desk of, but it was it was his agent yeah. that wrote the letter. Um, the letter basically saying it was from Kyler to the fans. And this when I first saw this letter, I was like, oh, here we go. This is gonna yeah. be an Aaron Rodgers 2.0 right here. Um, and I'm glad it ended sooner, so where Kyler was able to just kind of keep his mouth shut for at least the the media. Right. Um, which good for him that he was able to keep everything private. But um, the the message essentially said something along the lines of like, I'd like to stay here, but management, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah. That was essentially the, the premise of the note. And ever since then, I think it's probably been um, Cliff Kingsbury, Kin, Kinsbury, Kingsbury. I always Kingsbury. forget. Kingsbury. And he does have a, uh, G in there. Oh, um, yeah. I bet he was just knocking on the GM's door like, "You better sign this guy, or I'm leaving." But I bet that which <laughs> was actually what was said. You know, I yeah. would not be shocked if he was like, "If you don't re-sign Kyler, I'm gone." And I think <laughs> almost, I think most NFL teams would probably take him in a second. So, oh, no doubt, um, I'd take him on the Jets. <laughs> shoot, I'd, oh, you know, shoot. if you if you take him on the Jets, then I want my coach back. <laughs> so, <laughs> And you can, you know, they can have Shanahan. <laughs> so, but, no, but in, in all seriousness, though, not to not to cut you off. No, you good, you good. But I don't, I don't see a reason not to give Kyler Murray that contract. I mean, I, I also agree there. Look it, at the rest of the team, like Hollywood, Hopkins. I mean, AJ Green's. Hollywood now. 
Yeah, AJ Green's getting up there in age, but I mean the playmakers are there. They got James Conner, Zach Ertz. The they offensive line more is too. Yeah, yep. They still like got Rondell Moore. Moore, who they've been talking up, saying they've been gassing him up. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Rondell he's, Moore is he's gonna, a good wide receiver. He is. Uh, yeah, he's he's a, he's going to be a really good little slot receiver for them. He runs insanely fast. He squats over six hundred pounds. For those of you who uh, haven't seen the video of Rondell Moore squatting at Purdue. You should check it out. Oh, oh, you showed me that video, and I was like, "There's no way that's the same guy." You're like, "I promise." I, was like, no, I promise no it's the same guy. Like, what, <laughs> he squats over six hundred pounds. Yeah, he squats over six hundred pounds at Purdue. But back back to my my original thought. You know, we're going down these rabbit holes. Uh, mm-hmm. Their offensive line has been completely rebuilt. It's built yeah. around this air raid offense, where it does not matter um, if you're going to bring the house or not. Every single one of these guys on their offensive line is a decent pass blocker. And if you give Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury enough, you know, if, if they if they give Kyler Murray enough time to where he can throw drag routes across the field and get the defense to cheat up, then all of a sudden you can hit Hollywood Brown or D-Hop over the top, mm-hmm. and that's going to go for six every time. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is this team, it, you know, they may not make the playoffs, but they're going to put up points. I promise you they're going to put up points. I don't know because I, I think they'll definitely – I agree they'll definitely put up points. But in terms of not making the playoffs – They're in a, one of the toughest divisions in football. They are. I'm. Yeah, that's true. I always forget how tough our division is. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see who ends up higher, us or – by us, I mean the 49ers yeah, yeah. or the Cardinals because realistically – I mean, we're in one of those divisions where whoever doesn't win it, the second person always gets the wild card spot. Oh. Yeah. And then so, the third team is generally hung out to dry by like one game. Exactly. Because um, another team in the NFC has stays. to make the playoffs. Exactly. Um, but because I think the Rams will probably win again, at least this year, maybe not the following year, but at least this year. Yeah. Um, and I'm, it'll be an interesting one. It's, I personally think, even though I'm a big 49ers fan, it's Arizona to lose. Cause I think we're going to just let Trey Lance just have a full season to develop just whatever happens um which could be great but it could be bad it's one of those where it's like cardinals if you mess this up come on yeah come on i mean the way i feel about y'all season this year is uh, there's a lot riding on trey lance i mean if trey lance ends up not playing at all this year like if y'all end up running jimmy back out there again which all reports says that's not going to happen but if y'all hypothetically y'all run jimmy out there for the whole season again Mm-hmm. and Trey Lance doesn't play, that's an indictment on Kyle Shanahan, on John Lynch, and the owner, too, because they they sold the farm to go up from 12 to 3 to get oh, Trey yeah. Lance. So, oh, yeah. yeah, not ideal, to say the least. So, it, it'll be an interesting one. Yeah. Well, ladies and gents, I think on that note, do you have anything more to add, my friend? It's Gabe? Nah, man, Gabe's good. <laughs> it's been fun, <laughs> Gabe, man. I needed Gabe's this. Good. I. I feel you, man. It's it's always good recording with you, man. And uh, on that note, we'll see you next week. Bye.